looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm -mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Hi, this is Caroline Williams, the star of 10 Minutes to Midnight's Amy Marlowe, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and... I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world. But I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as Besides getting their autographs, 
you can do live zoom calls with your favorite stars you can do personalized videos for people greetings of some sort they just have many options so if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions check them out and see the options they have signaturedhorror.com that's right signaturehorror.com With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this next guest is truly straight out of the Lone Star State and is really considered a working class actress that is really proud of her roots. And if you happen to look over the course of her resume, she has shown a diversity that has allowed her to start in various genres ranging from drama to comedy and of course what many of our fan base really enjoys horror she is famously known for her role as stretch in the 1986 cult favorite the texas chainsaw massacre 2. she has also been known for being a part of second installments of several other horror franchises such as stepfather 2 Rob Zombies, Halloween 2, and let's not forget the third part of a great series called Hatchet that was done by Adam Green. She is currently starring in 10 Minutes to Midnight, Miss Caroline Williams. Caroline, how are you? I am very fine, thank you. Awesome. It's funny, we were just in between because we did another episode with Eric as well. Eric Blumquist, uh, who directed 10 Minutes to Midnight. We were talking family. And if I could start here, you, you were talking, and you've talked so glowingly, obviously, as any parent would, about your boys. And you said your oldest son was actually a horror fan. Now, is it true that he was a fan of Victor Crowley since I brought up the Hatchet series? And leading Completely. To, leading Completely. Completely. And Kane will tell you, if you ever have an occasion to interview Kane, we have. Kane will tell you that a lot of his fan base, um, a lot of the horror fan base overall, but a lot of Kane's fan base uh, are artistic and Asperger's people because they relate to an extraordinary degree to the fact that Victor cannot speak, that he gets made fun of by other people that he has a lot of anger and rage that he has no outlet for within him. Um, 
there are a lot of reasons, you know, the, the, the horror monsters um, that my son always embraced were the ones who had no speech. They were, they had a great deal of anger that they needed to get out. Um, and they wore masks, you know, and I think those were all things that my son could relate to. Um, from the time he was a little boy, he loved Halloween. He loved costumes, masks. It gave him an opportunity to let other elements of his personality come out and gain expression where in ordinary life, everything is pulled in and kind of repressed and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, those, those, uh, Adam Green did us such a wonderful, um, gave us such a wonderful gift. He let me and Joe tour Aeriscope and see the studio facilities and see all of, of, uh, Adam's collectibles. He's got an extraordinary collection and it was one of Joe's just very best moments. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Yes, because uh, you mentioned him, Kane Hodder. actually did have a chance to chat with him, I guess, about three or four months ago. But as we're talking the horror community in general, it seems like it's a very tight-knit community across the board, whether it be with the fans, the actors, production, you know, just everybody involved. Has that changed much since your time with Texas Chainsaw 2 in 86? Oh, yes. Um, and technology has changed that. Everything is shot digitally now. Everything happens a lot faster, generally. Um, there are more streaming services. There are more um, uh, brands. There are more um, content providers. And that is e going to be growing even more in the future. So, um it gives the filmmaker a chance to own his own product, have more control over it creatively. Um, and obviously you get a lot more product. I mean, it's a fire hose out there. It's really hard to choose uh, what it is that you want to watch sometime because it's just gigantic. The selection is gigantic. So um, it's never been a better time many ways uh, to be an indie filmmaker. Um, you know, Exactly. Well, I was watching a Q&A from a post 10 minutes to midnight viewing in Texas there with our friends over at Guts Podcast, who initially... Oh, I adore the Guts boys. Yes. They are just... I love them. Yeah, they, those guys told me initially, they said, if you ever do stuff with Caroline, you will love her. You know, they're like, <laughs> they, they just... Before I even got a chance to talk to you, for when we did Texas Two and Post and just everything. They're like, yeah, with the lineup of guests you've had, you will just and have dealt with. Caroline, you will absolutely love. They they spoke nothing but high praises for you. But during that QA, you brought up a little bit of what you just said there as far as more opportunity. And correct me if I'm wrong, but would you possibly be looking at getting into the production side and ownership rate of certain things? Well, I mean, I do hope to produce a lot of my future content. And uh, the beauty of 10 Minutes to Midnight is it's given me a whole new profile 
um, on social media and, you know, with various uh, content providers and distributors. And, and uh, it's opened up my career a lot more. So I'll be able to kind of select my own material and uh, work with filmmakers I've always wanted to work with and uh, make progress in that respect. You know, that's most of the actors that I know are moving and have been moving in that direction for a while. Uh, so absolutely. That's a choice that I have in front of me. Nice. And I would guess that would fall under, which I've heard you say on different interviews and articles I've seen in recent time. Would that be a key part of you reinventing yourself in the past several years? Well, it, 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 it hasn't been the last several years. I would say probably about four years ago, my kids were, were, were grown and um, I knew I wanted to have a, a life of my own and I wanted to see if I was still viable uh, in the uh, indie horror scene. And um, I lost a lot of weight and I changed my hair and I started getting reacquainted with a lot of filmmakers and, and uh, producers and uh, meeting new people. And, you know, it's, it's taken uh, almost four years. It took almost actually probably closer to three years uh, for me to finally meet Eric. Um, you know, I've done some other smaller films that didn't really go anywhere, but it was, they were all great experiences and learning experiences. And, uh, and they brought me to this moment. So I just hope to keep, to keep traveling on from this point. Now, I only have you for a few more minutes, but I want to bring up Texas too, because obviously that's probably the first major role that you were known for. Now, obviously, I know he's been drumming up a lot of business and there's been articles on it lately, but our good friend Bill Mosley, for both of us, mm -hmm. he has been talking about, about wanting to revisit the character of Chop Top but because of, you know, production rights and just the business side and somewhat of the ugly side of the entertainment business. Do you think he will be able to revisit that role at some point? I think it would be invaluable uh, for any studio or content provider or distributor uh, to, to do it. I, I, and Bill is at his absolute peak as an actor. And I, I've always kind of been flummoxed by the fact that nobody has. And, um, you know, I, 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 the ownership rights and things like that are confusing to me. I have no idea, no idea. But uh, I would think that would be in, an incredible moneymaker. And, yes. and that's the biggest reason why I cannot imagine nobody's done it. It's just amazing. I, it amazes me. It seems so common sense. I don't know. And I think, like you said, money could be made for everybody involved. Oh, well, look at all the other franchise films. The original Texas Chainsaw franchise has moved into several uh, remakes, incarnations, sequels, you name it. Um, the only one that hasn't been revisited is Chainsaw 2 and specifically the character of Chop Top because he's so distinctive. Mm -hmm. He really is completely different from any of the other Chainsaw incarnations. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I would think somebody would want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we talked about this 
during our watch along of Texas too, but it just hit me as we we're sitting watching that particular night. It's amazing that with the comedic aspect of the movie in certain stages that and the Sawyer family has some feel of the three stooges. What was, was that all in script? That was all intentional. Um, Toby considered the very first uh, chainsaw film to be a comedy and people didn't get it. And I think the reason he decided to sort of flip the script with chainsaw two is he really wanted to bring the comedy home and, and, and get some laughs out of it. And, uh, you know, there were people who complained on one side or the other, but I think it is pretty much a classic as far as sequels go. And I think his vision uh, for the film was was incredibly accurate and on the nose. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a funny version of the first. Exactly. And final question on the movie and such. And I appreciated this. And for those who haven't dealt with a Caroline, she is as true and genuine as you can get. But oh, you're I w- sweet. Thank you. I only say with what I what I honestly find, but would you be able to maybe mention uh, thoughts on uh, co-stars, both Dennis and Mr. Lou Perryman? During the watch along, I should preference this, which really got me, hit me in the gut there. It was just the emotion that you showed with working with those two guys. But can you uh, talk about them for a minute? Sure. Um, Lou, uh, a lot of people don't know that Lou was at the absolute forefront of independent cinema as it was developed in Texas. Um, His great dear friend, a a true creative powerhouse who is no longer with us, uh, Eagle Pinnell, they did a couple of films that are truly standout. One was called Last Night at the Alamo. The other was called The Whole Shooting Match. And if uh, if listeners haven't had a chance to see either of those films, I urge you to see them. They were made in the 70s and they were the inspiration for Robert Redford to create the Sundance Institute, um, which has obviously been around nearly as long. Um, they were pioneers in independent cinema. And I'm always happy to bring those projects up and and, and talk about these utterly remarkable men. You know, Lou went on and had a wonderful career, did a lot of fun, fun projects. Eagle was lost to us as a very young man. Uh, he was an alcoholic and a drug addict and was unable to get sober. And, uh, you know, had he lived, um, I'm sure he would have been providing films for us up until now. Um, as far as Dennis, Dennis taught me everything I know about acting for film. Um, the usual approach that an acting class would take with students uh, was the stage, you know, the stage style of acting because, it, you know, that's where you were supposed to be getting all of your experience. I personally have never done a play. Uh, early on, I did some showcases, but it's not like taking the action from act one to act three in a play on a stage and very few actors start out that way now, which is, it's a bit of a lost art. And um, I know actors who are well versed in stage work and Dennis was one of them. Um, He started in San Diego. 
He uh, had a very artistic bent. He was an extraordinary photographer, painter, art collector. He was one of the very first collectors of David Hockney, Basquiat, uh, a whole assortment of artists um, who were unknown until um, maybe the last 10 years or so. Um, his collections tour around the world to various museums to this day. And, um, you know, he, I just got a wonderful education from him. And uh, he was a remarkable man. Well, folks, uh, make sure you check out Caroline's social media and stuff. She's very entertaining on there. But also, <laughs> if you, yes, but also if you get a chance, check out 10 Minutes to Midnight such a great project you'll hear a second episode with this as well with not only caroline but with director and co-writer eric bloomquist what 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 caroline thank you so much thank you it was a pleasure to be here today Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, all right? I need help. E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my God. Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being keel or having extreme depression. Oh, come on. Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, Increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Hey, it's me, Bill Mosley, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Ride that crazy train, and happy Halloween.